This is a trigger warning that the following podcast talks about eating disorders. There are also references to suicide. If this affects you, please see the show notes for resources. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Guys, welcome back to another episode. Today's episode is going to be all about body dysmorphia. So today's topics include what body dysmorphia is, how body dysmorphic disorder relates to body image, symptoms of body dysmorphic disorder, areas of concern with body dysmorphic disorder, I'm going to call it BDD for short, as they do, causes of BDD, risk factors of BDD, complications of BDD, what BDD is similar to, and then, of course, how to help yourself with BDD. A big thank you to Better Health and Health Direct for the information. And before we get into all of that, I'm first going to say that I'm so proud of myself because I'm getting better and better and better at my barista skills. So I think I've mentioned this before, but we have like a a coffee machine where you can froth the milk and you grind your own shots and yeah, the whole lot. So I've been practicing a lot with my coffee milk frothing skills and it is going great. And there you go. The more you practice, the more better you will get at something. So that is something I'm really proud of because I'm tasting the difference and I do love coffee. So there you go. So if you're looking for a fun hobby to try and you love coffee as much as me, then you should go get a coffee machine and practice your frothing skills. So then you can go up to a barista and say, I know what you do. I know how you do it. Thank you for working hard on making nice coffees because it's not as easy as it seems. Anyways, let's get straight into today's episode. What is body dysmorphic disorder? BDD, as I will be calling it throughout this episode. So... What is it? What is BDD? Tell me. BDD is a mental illness. It's when someone is constantly worried about the way that they look. So it's when you feel distress and take part of repetitive behaviors because you believe that your body has flaws or defects. So it's when a person may feel that part of their body is deformed or looks unusual and therefore they feel ashamed, depressed or distressed. And no, BDD is not not someone just feeling vain or a mindset that is easily changeable. People that are struggling with BDD it can get so extreme that it affects their functions at school, work or social situations. And any body part can be functioned as the BDD focus. 
And as you can probably already tell, BDD definitely affects your well-being and your mental health and also your physical health because if you have BDD, it can then lead a person to try and fix these quote-unquote flaws that they are seeing. So this includes exercising, surgery and eating disorders. So the most common types of areas that someone with BDD may be focused on and worried about are face and facial features. So this includes the size and the shape of someone's nose, lips, ears, or the skin complexion. Other areas of concern include, but are not limited to, other body parts like the arms, legs, the buttocks, the genitals, muscles, and hair. Other common areas of concern include thighs, legs, and abdomen. Also the symmetry of the body. Now, body dysmorphic disorder relates to body image. And by the way, if you want way more information on body image and like body satisfaction, let me check what episode number that was. Bear with me. It is episode episode number nine. It's called body positivity or body dissatisfaction. What is driving you? So yes, episode nine of the Eat With Ali podcast, of course. Anyway, so BDD is when you're focused on a more specific type of quote-unquote flaw. So maybe you don't like your nose shape, your eye shape, or your belly button. So it's when you're focused on more specific thing, whereas when you have a negative body image, this is more when you're focused on the shape or the size of parts of your body. So a big one would be like the size and shape of your stomach, which makes you dissatisfied. So they relate because BDD and body image concerns are both to do with the body. However, BDD is more concerned on specific parts of your body, whereas body image is about the size and the shape. And then they can work hand in hand really well because maybe you don't like your stomach and then the size and the shape of it is shitty and you're like, fuck. And then cue the eating disorder. So yeah, we're going to try and work on all of those. Now, there are many different types of symptoms of body dysmorphic disorder. So someone that has body dysmorphic disorder may experience some of these symptoms, but not necessarily all of them. So just have a listen. If some of these symptoms resemble with you, then it's always good to go and try to see a medical professional. But keep in mind as well that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have BDD, but the symptoms aren't at the same time very good things to be feeling. So it is always good to be able to identify what it is that you're struggling with and then Work on it so that these mindset and behaviors can change to be better for you and to be better for your life and well-being. And in saying that, here's the list of symptoms of BDD. Strongly but incorrectly believing that you have a physical defect that makes you quote-unquote ugly. Or deformed. Frequently checking your appearance in the mirror or avoiding mirrors. Wearing a lot of makeup or growing a beard as a cover. Spending a lot of time grooming. Constantly comparing your appearance to others. No. Seeking reassurance regarding your appearance. Following a strict diet. Exercising excessively. Taking anabolic steroids. Which is a hormone that resembles testosterone and it promotes the growth of muscles. And taking a concerning amount of dietary supplements. So like you're getting rid of most or all of your food groups and replacing it specifically with dietary supplements. Another sign and symptom is undergoing cosmetic surgery, 
tanning excessively, compulsively picking at your skin, frequently touching parts of your body that you don't like, avoiding going out or being with other people, and avoiding being photographed, being very extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in your appearance, that to others they can't even see it, or at least not majorly. Believing that other people take a very special notice of your appearance and like to mock you or make fun of you or, or negatively view you. Another symptom includes worrying that you'll never be as perfect as the models and celebrities are. Avoiding any sort of situation that feels will call attention to your perceived flaw. Always wanting reassurance and not even believing the reassurance being given. Repeating cosmetic surgery procedures, even when these areas are being quote-unquote improved. You know, like, say they change the shape of your chin and it looks different to what it did before. And you still want to get it done again. Always trying to hide your perceived flaws with makeup or how you dress as well. Having perfectionist tendencies. When it becomes very severe, you may not even go out of the house, especially during the daytime. Another symptom is seeing many different healthcare professionals in subject of your appearance. Another is picking at your skin with your fingers or tweezers. Another is feeling anxious, ashamed or depressed. And another is having suicidal thoughts. So we talked about facial features being one of the most common types of BDD feature areas but to expand on that and to get a bit more specific we've got the facial features you know including the nose complexions acne wrinkles and other blemishes another common feature is hair which includes the thinning of hair the appearance of hair and boldness another is skin and vein appearances breast size muscle size and tone and genitalia And speaking of muscles, muscle dysmorphia is when someone believes that their body may be too small or it's not muscular enough. And the belief most of the time isn't even true, so the person actually would be muscly. So muscle dysmorphia is a type of body dysmorphic disorder. And muscle dysmorphia is more common for men, however, it is not exclusively just felt by men. The cause of body dysmorphic disorder isn't fully understood yet, however... There are a few factors that can contribute to the development of BDD. So this includes genetics. So it's actually more common for people that have BDD to have a close family member that has obsessive compulsive disorder. Other factors include having an anxiety disorder or personality disorder, having personality traits like perfectionism, having childhood traumas or abuse, This includes being teased or being verbally abused about someone's appearance. Other factors include having a low self-esteem and also being triggered by today's beauty standards and feeling like they can't compare. So as people that are struggling with BDD, they tend to stay at home or avoid social situations and just are very like preoccupied and concerned about their area of concern, even when they're at work or school or at social events, if they go. This therefore impacts their relationships, their study and their employment situations, not to mention their mental and physical health. Those that have BDD are more likely to develop depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, social anxiety disorder or an eating disorder.
which is why, of course, we are talking about it today. And it's really important to try and recognize if any of these symptoms are felt because a lot of people become so anxious or depressed with BDD and that therefore can lead to substance abuse, for example. Other complications of BDD include having major depression or other mood disorders, having suicidal thoughts or behaviours, having anxiety disorders, and this includes having social anxiety disorder, having low self-esteem, feeling socially isolated, having obsessive compulsive disorder, having eating disorders, having health problems from behaviours such as skin picking, and having physical pain or risk of disfigurement due to repeated surgical interventions. So I've said this throughout a few of my episodes, and I'll say it again, but when I started my eating disorder, I did it because I wasn't happy with what I looked like, and I thought taking part of bulimic behaviours would then make me get to a smaller size, and I'd be able to stop vomiting as soon as I reached a weight that felt comfortable to me. However... As time went on and I became a smaller size and lost a lot of weight, I was also losing a sense of what skinny actually meant to me, at least from what I originally thought, because the smaller I was becoming, the less satisfied I was becoming as well. And so yes, I knew that the number on the scale was definitely lower than it used to be, and the clothing size that I was fitting into was smaller than it used to be as well, it still didn't make me feel like I was more comfortable in my own skin. It's because I had a low self-esteem in general and then I went to unhealthy, destructive behaviours to try and fix that. And so I was taking part of all of these compulsive behaviours and in terms of my size, I didn't, I was never satisfied with how small I was. And so I was still constantly putting myself down for my size because it just was never good enough. And so BDD really works hand in hand with eating disorders because they work together to just make you feel so shitty. So even though my aim was to just stop vomiting once I reached a size that I was happy with or at least content with, it got lost in translation along the way because I just became even more unhappy with what I looked like. I was becoming even more anxious than before and more isolated because I didn't feel like I could tell anyone about my eating disorder. And I literally look back at photos now and I am shocked by how small I was in comparison to how big I felt I was. So all of these destructive behaviours put together really just affect recovering and feeling good about yourself. So that's why it is so important that you catch out these symptoms and then try to do something about it. So I really hope that you listen to all of the different tips that I say. Not just in this episode, but in all of them, because they will all work together to fight all of these other bad behaviours like BDD and eating disorders. And even when I was little, by the way, I used to have very perfectionist tendencies. Like, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, maybe I have, but in year six, I think it was, everyone in class had to write something on each other's poster You had to write the main quality that you noticed in this person. And my teacher had written for me that I'm a perfectionist. And I I don't think I quite understood what that word meant at the time. So I was like, I'm perfect, am I? (laughs) And I feel like I then said to the teacher, like, oh, thank you. (laughs) And she said, yeah, it can be considered a good or a bad thing. And I'm thinking, huh? Like, it says I'm perfect. What do you mean? 
And yeah, I eventually learned more about perfectionism and like, can't it's not always the greatest thing. And I remember I asked my mum about it later, maybe not at that day, but eventually, maybe even more recently. I don't know when, but I remember having this conversation. If she ever heard that from like any other teachers or something like that. And apparently in kindergarten as well, I used to, if I made one sort of letter that I didn't like, as in I was writing a sentence and the A didn't come out as perfect as I'd hope, I would then scrunch up the page and write it all again. Which also reminds me, all throughout high school and primary school, I would a lot of the time still do that. Like, I didn't like white out that much because the white was obvious on the piece of paper, especially depending on the quality. You know when it was more a thin type of paper and it was just a more darker color. Anyways, anyways, that's way more irrelevant to what I'm going on about. But I, yeah, so I just didn't like what white out looked like that much because it was still obvious. So I would be restarting and ripping out and writing again all of my work because it always had to be super neat and tidy. I always have, don't get me wrong, I have my messy writing when I'm like power writing things and just doing really quickly but I would always have the mindset at least if it was like school books or something I would be holding on to that those pages would need to come out perfectly and everything needs to look perfect anyways that's just one of the many types of perfectionist habits that I've taken part of but I just find it very interesting that there's a lot of similar behaviors and conditions that relate to eating disorders and illnesses like body dysmorphic disorder I find it very interesting. I hope you find it interesting too. It's like all of these little things align and work together to fuck you over. But of course, it can be gotten out of with a lot of hard work and dedication, as I love to say. Oh, I don't even think I mentioned this because I started talking about perfectionism. What I was going to say as well is that there was a bigger issue underlying me being dissatisfied with what my body looked like. And then as my eating disorder developed, also then not believing that I was smaller as I had always aimed to be. Like, although I could tell that the number on the scale was lower and the size clothes I were wearing were smaller, it still didn't give me enough reassurance that I was actually smaller. Like, I just didn't believe it. I didn't look in the mirror and think, huh, I'm skinny now. So yes, I knew that technically I was smaller, but it doesn't necessarily mean that inside I truly believed it. And I'm sure if you've kind of experienced something similar, you kind of get what I'm trying to say. Knew it, but didn't believe it. It's like you're in denial. So anyways, the underlying issue was that I just had a very low self-esteem and therefore chose all of these destructive and compulsive behaviors instead of working on how I truly felt about myself. And I feel like now I realize that it had to do more with my self-love and self-esteem. Whereas at the time, I don't think I put two and two together. So I'd really love for you to try and identify if you think that you have an underlying issue in regards to your self-esteem and your self-love and self-worth. Because as obvious as it may seem to me now, as self-esteem had a lot to do with the choices and behaviors I took part of, I didn't realize that at all at the time. I just thought that this would help me look better or feel better, but I didn't realize that it all came back down to how I felt and saw myself, which is what really needed the work. So you know how I always say, like, find the root of the cause and you find the issue. Like, self-esteem was the root of all of these shitty things that I was doing and feeling. So yeah, it seems like way more straightforward to me now. Like, yeah, well, there's an underlying issue about your self-love and self-worth. But at the time, I had no clue. I just thought that this is how I'm going to feel forever. And 
a way to try to fix this would be to vomit out the food so you can get smaller. And then of course, as my eating disorder grew stronger, so did my self-doubt and self-hatred and a lot of insecurity. And of course, then tying in today's episode, I just, I was having very wrong impressions of what my body actually looks like. I saw my body entirely different to what someone else might have seen it as. So yes, I wasn't completely oblivious about the fact that I was getting smaller due to the scale and, you know, the clothes size. But I didn't believe it myself. Like, I would look in the mirror and still feel big. And I gave myself temporary reassurances when I would feel my ribs and I would have to be able to see my ribs in the mirror to say, okay, calm, like, that's just a little reminder for you that you're not as big as you may seem. So I was... I was aware that I wasn't seeing myself as I might have looked like, but I didn't use that as an opportunity for a long time at least to think, okay, maybe there's something wrong with how I'm seeing myself because if the scales are different, the the clothes size I'm wearing are different, if what people are saying to me about how small I am is all different to how I truly see myself, maybe there's something I need to work on myself mentally. But at the time, I said, okay, that just means I need to get smaller and then maybe I'll start to believe it. No. Ali, no. So if you're thinking something similar, then no, that needs to stop. And you need to find the underlying root issue. Not try to keep hurting yourself more to get smaller and then maybe, just maybe, you'll start to think that you are or see yourself as a smaller size. When that's really not the case, there's a bigger issue than what you think you are seeing in the mirror. It is how you are seeing yourself overall. Because these are very destructive and damaging behaviours to take part of. And it needs to be stopped now. 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 Anyways, besides all of that, pretty much what I was trying to say is that find the root of your cause. Because you might be focusing on what your stomach looks like. And you deep down know that maybe what you're seeing back in your reflection isn't actually a reflection of what you look like in reality but you're more focused on wanting to believe that you're a smaller size so that so maybe you're choosing to continue your eating disorder or make it even more severe so that you can hopefully see it but that's the destructive behavior choices to take part of whereas it would be great if you could have a look and think why is it that I don't believe what I see why is it that I'm constantly putting myself down and my body down Why is it that I feel like I need to take part of these destructive behaviors to hopefully, not even 100%, but hopefully, maybe, be able to see myself in a better light? Why is it that I'm choosing to do all these harmful things to me? All right, maybe it's because I don't have any fucking self-esteem. I have low self-esteem. And I wasn't able to identify that my issue was self-love, not what my body looked like. And so it was because I didn't have any self-love that it led me to all of these destructive behaviours like the eating disorder and and then seeing my body differently to what it looks like in reality. And binge eating and then vomiting it out really intensely afterwards. It, it was like I was looking for quick fixes because I just felt so down. But what I could have worked on instead was growing my self-love and maybe hurt my body and my mind even more. I'm definitely more self-aware now than I was before and I have this podcast for example to share things that I wish I thought of at the time. So maybe you do already realize that it's an issue of self-love and that is leading to all of these other things to do with eating disorders and maybe BDD as well. But try and think about what the underlying problem is 
that is making you choose these destructive behaviors. Like, for example, again, you know how I said I watched Pretty Little Eyes? Still think the show is awesome, don't get me wrong. But I watched that show and I had low self-esteem at the time. And I saw the character Hannah... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Binge ate and purged to get skinny. And then she became happy and confident in how she looked. And I'm watching like, oh, wow, wouldn't it be great to feel that way too? And it was very influential because I related to her character from the way she felt before to how she did now. After she lost all the weight, after she had an eating disorder to get rid of that weight and then felt good. So I related to how she felt and I wanted to relate to how she felt after she got skinny as well. So I watched that and I was probably in some sort of soap opera watching this and just getting all emotional and wanting to just feel good about myself like she was able to. Versus someone that would have seen that episode and thought nothing of it just as a part of her character for the TV show. So the person that would have thought nothing much of it would have been someone that had more self-love and and self-esteem that going down an eating disorder path wasn't really something they were considering or wanting to take part of. So two people can watch the same thing and make a different choice of what to do. And that's because they see themselves differently. One person has low self-worth and self-esteem that they choose the destructive behaviours because that's what you gravitate towards. And you're relating to these characters that felt shit before and you want to feel how they felt better after. So yes, I had problems with my relationship with food and the size that I was. But underneath all of that, I had a lack of self-love and self-esteem, which drove me to these, these destructive behaviors. 
So find the root of the cause. Maybe it is self-love. Maybe it is self-esteem issues that you may have. Really self-reflect. Go listen to last week's episode. On what the root is that is therefore leading to all of these destructive behaviors and thoughts. Find the root and take it out of the ground. Anyways, so now I'm going to mention about a few other conditions that are similar to BDD. The first one is obsessive compulsive disorder, which is OCD. These are similar because both of the conditions have a lot of recurring unwanted thoughts and images. So it's like the obsessions and there's a lot of compulsions to repeat rituals. So interestingly, as people with BDD are focused on a particular aspect of their appearance, it's been proposed that BDD may be an aspect of OCD. So another condition that BDD is similar to is social phobia. So this is a type of anxiety disorder that is characterized by having the fear of interacting with other people. So a person that is struggling with social phobia has a lot of fear and a lot of worry about being judged, ridiculed, criticized, or humiliated. And the underlying problem may be BDD if the reason for people avoiding going out is because of their appearance. So another condition that is similar to BDD is hypochondriasis. Hypochondriasis is when someone has an obsession with the idea that they have a very serious medical condition. However, it is undiagnosed. So this is similar to BDD because people that are struggling with BDD have a preoccupation and obsession with their looks. We also have agoraphobia. This is a type of anxiety disorder where there is a fear of being not able to escape somewhere. So it's having the fear that if you leave your house or you enter crowded places, that being able to leave the place is extremely difficult. And in extreme cases of agoraphobia, people then become housebound because they fear not being able to return. Those struggling with BDD can also fear leaving their house because they worry about exposing their defect. Another condition is anorexia nervosa. BDD is actually often misdiagnosed as anorexia nervosa. This is because of the preoccupation that both conditions have with their appearance. So it's possible for someone to have both anorexia nervosa and BDD at the same time. However, anorexia is more focused on... And the last similar condition that we're talking about today to BDD is trichotillomania. This is when someone has an irresistible urge to pluck or pull out hairs. So as a sign of having BDD is picking and like squeezing out skin blemishes, the underlying problem of trichotillomania can be BDD if the concern is about their appearance. Okay, so now we're going to go over some self-helping tips of things that you can do to work on your BDD. If you have it. Number one is my favorite that I'm always talking about, but writing in a journal. This will help you not only identify more of your negative emotions, your thoughts and your behaviors, but it also helps reduces your anxiety. So it's up to you when you feel like it would be a better time for you to write in your journal. I try to do it in the moment, so hopefully I can prevent any sort of anxious reactions coming out. But if it's easier for you to like dot point what's going on throughout the day and then write about it all at once later at night maybe before you go to sleep but just find what works for you so that you can express how you feel on on the page rather than explode onto someone else seriously writing in a journal really helps you like identify what triggers you to feel like anxious or maybe react to things and therefore you can use a journal to then record your bdd triggers and then get into a habit of identifying these triggers and then you will be able to mindfully control them more effectively the more that you are 
identifying them from writing them down. Which leads into tip number two of avoiding reacting or making decisions to things when you're in an anxious or distressed mood. Journaling will help with this because the more you're able to catch yourself out and realize when you are about to have a, an anxious reaction to something or you're writing down all of your triggers, the more you do this, you'll become more consciously aware in the moment and therefore you're going to get better at stopping yourself from having a sort of distressed reaction to something. And you can give yourself time then to think about it more clearly and come to a rational decision before you make any. The next tip is to take care of your beautiful self. So, besides doing all of the self-loving tips, especially the ones that I've suggested in the past, episode episode five and six of the Eat With Ali podcast, but do things to take care of yourself. Go find an exercise that you enjoy doing. Go find a book that you'll like to read. Eat healthy foods that make you feel energized. Get good sleep. Get into habits and a good routine. Oh, and of course, get into the sauna sessions as well. But just get yourself into routine and do things for yourself. Oh, and also get some nice face masks and, you know, have like a beauty session with yourself and just get all pampered, beautiful. And yeah, just do things that is going to take care of yourself and give you time to relax. Okay. The next tip is to join a support group. First of all, you should be joining the Eat With Ali Facebook support group which is in the link in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks. But yeah, if there's other BDD support groups out there specifically, then hop on that as well. But of course, if you're just looking for like a nice support system and people to encourage you to recover and listen to you and just make you feel heard, then hop on the Eat With Ali one too, of course. But yeah, joining a support group or in saying that as well, you can always try to get an accountability partner, someone that you trust that will be there to listen to you and also just you guys can have some sort of discussion about things that they should be reminding you of if they catch on to it in times when you need a friendly reminder that maybe you shouldn't be doing what you're doing like say if you were picking your skin as one of the symptom examples of BDD then maybe your friend or whoever it is your loved one can just be like yo no you're picking your skin again or something like that obviously have a discussion about what would be a good phrase or word or something that this person can say to you that makes you feel comfortable and not triggered about what you are doing. So obviously you don't want them to yell, you're doing BDD again. Stop it, you body dysmorphic motherfucker or something like that. Like that's not going to make you feel very good in the moment, is it? It's going to make you feel triggered and probably upset. Fair enough. Fair enough. So just discuss between you two about some sort of phrase like, Remember, as I said in another episode, quit your yappin. Something that just means something to the both of you that acknowledges to you that you are taking part in a BDD behavior. And in saying that, this point also works for any of your eating disorder habits. It might not be specifically related to BDD. But yeah, we love helpful people that are trustworthy and helpful for accountability. And we also love the Eat With Ali Facebook support group. <laughs> The next tip is to not become isolated. So whether or not you've kind of begun this stage where you're avoiding going to events, maybe you're already at that stage where you just have avoided it for so long that you're not going out anymore, or maybe you're at the stage where this is something that you're considering. Stop it. It may be a challenge to get back out into the world and do what you are fearing, but remember, 
we are here to step out of our comfort zone. And just remind yourself that things may not go perfect when I go out and I socialize, but I am proud of myself for stepping out of my comfort zone. And I'm not going to expect everything to be perfect, but I'm going to give it a go. And and I'm not saying you need to go and participate in social activities for like 15 hours a day, but set yourself realistic goals that you think you can try to reach. Not something that's going to be too easy, like something that you honestly think works for you, that is stepping out of your comfort zone, but not overreaching in a way that is going to be a bit too overbearing, that it's going to end up setting you back because it's just an unrealistic expectation. So obviously don't go from staying at home 24-7 to trying to socialize with people for 15 hours a day, but set something that honestly feels like a challenge for you but doesn't feel like it's going to discourage you from ever trying again because you just unrealistically set yourself this standard that you had to go from zero to 100. So maybe it's like going and getting coffee with your friend for an hour or something, half an hour even. Do what's going to make you comfortable and as the main point is just to get yourself out of there and not become isolated as BDD can lead to, you can give yourself some sort of breakaway point. So If you went for that coffee and you're just thinking, oh, fuck, like I've been here for half an hour. My goal was one hour, but I'm feeling starting to get really uncomfortable and anxious. And I think it's a bit too much for me. You don't have to then push yourself for the hour because what you've done, you've gone out and you've already stepped out of your comfort zone by going out for this coffee for half an hour. That is great. What you can then do is leave. First of all, don't just force yourself to stay, but you've gone out there. You've stepped out of your comfort zone and you know what you can do? Write in your journal about what your trigger was that made that 30 minutes around the point where you were like, "Um, maybe it's time to go. So no, it's not about torturing yourself, but it's about stepping out of your comfort zone and finding your triggers and therefore being able to acknowledge and identify them next time if they are going to happen and then be able to redirect them and go on a different path. So you got out there and that's the main thing. And as you become more comfortable and you're realizing your capability because you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're trying to avoid isolation to look after you, which is awesome, you can then keep setting your challenges higher. You keep smashing goals and you keep getting farther. Not only did you avoid getting into isolation, but you also proved just how capable you are and how strong you are and courageous that you can step out of your comfort zone. And even when times got tough, you chose to find a trigger, work on that trigger, and then be able to redirect and smash it later on, rather than closing up and getting mad at yourself and putting yourself down for giving something a go. If you keep giving goes and trying things, that is awesome. The next tip is to find ways that help relieve your stress. So say you're feeling anxious or you feel like you're gravitating towards these unhealthy habits. Find something that you can do in the moment that will help reduce your anxiety and your stress. So a big one would be box breathing. So you can breathe on the spot. It's not unusual for you to just start breathing. That's obviously normal. If you have water on you as well, you can practice gulping and saying things like, I am calm, I am strong, I am present, I am confident. Say a nice thing about yourself with every gulp of water. So these are two great examples of things that you can do at the exact moment that you were feeling anxious. It's not hard to access. This is an accessible activity because you're just breathing. You can carry a water bottle around with you everywhere. Find activities that is easily accessible 
so that as soon as you feel this anxiety, you can catch it out and you don't have to sit in it and just feel shitty and build up that anxiety and therefore possibly get into the destructive behaviors. The next tip is to try and make all of your activities, every single one of them, of being present. So practice being present in all parts of your day. So whether you're brushing your teeth, are you watching TikToks at the same time? Stop it! Watch your beautiful teeth shine as you brush them and engage in your senses because the more distracted you are, the less present you are. So maybe you were brushing your teeth and you were thinking and looking at your appearance in the mirror and just putting yourself down. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, no more of that. Just get into the habit of no matter what activity it is, that you can bring yourself back to the present moment. So whenever you feel your attention slipping, it's not about beating yourself up for it and saying, ah, God damn it, you did it again. It's just about realizing that your attention is slipping and therefore bringing yourself back into the present. And the reason why trying to be present doing, you know, your everyday tasks is helpful is because normally we do go into autopilot mode when we're completing such mundane activities. So the more you're able to practice being present and even the little things, the easier it will become in times of extreme anxiety. So you're building up your resilience. You're building that shit up, which leads to our next point of meditation. This is another way that is going to help you become more mindful. Give yourself I am statements. I personally had tried to meditate like maybe a few years ago. And all I had heard about it is that you should be dead still in your thoughts and not think about anything. And every time I would try to meditate, I'm like, I'm thinking about every possible thought under the sun. My head keeps switching from thought to thought. How the heck does anybody? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Meditate without thinking about 10,000 things at the same time. So, thank you to Chantal Hyde. I learned a wonderful way to meditate. This way helped me really appreciate meditation and use it as a source of uh, it's probably one of my biggest source of anxiety relief. I just go to meditation and it just helps really set off my day. So I meditate in the morning and then again at night before I go to sleep. 
And the main things that I think about, that you should think about too, is giving yourself I am statements. So I am strong, I am capable, I am healthy, I am powerful, I am focused on achieving my goals. You know, just think about everything that you are and you want to be that is positive and remind yourself of that every single meditation session. Also think about things that you were grateful for. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my ambition. Thank you for my loved ones. Just think about things you were grateful for. And the other main one is just thinking of things that you are and you want to be. So I am statements. And then you can do box breathing as well during your meditation. And just really be calm. Use it as a time for you to be calm. If your mind wanders to other thoughts, that's okay. Just bring it back. But don't bring yourself down for having other thoughts. That is normal. But just keep bringing your mind back to the present. Okay? The next tip is to practice self-compassion. So no more giving yourself hate comments every 10 seconds. Even if you drop something and you're like, oh, I'm an idiot. No, that is telling yourself that you were an idiot. As harmless as it might have seemed at the moment, you are still calling yourself names that is so unnecessary. You are not an idiot. You just dropped something big whoop. Just pick it up. Be self-compassionate with yourself. There is no reason to say things like that. And besides that, when you have setbacks, this is the most important time and the most crucial time for you to be self-compassionate. So don't beat yourself up. Don't say a hundred thousand different wrong things that you did. Instead, you can think of things that might have triggered you to have a setback or make that mistake, whatever it may have been. Figure out the trigger and figure out how you're not going to do that next time and how you're going to improve. So, of course, you can think of what happened in the situation that you should have done differently. That's okay. But the thing is, we can't change what you did. But you can try and work on how you will react and improve next time. So just be self-compassionate with yourself. Understand why you felt this way. Learn to accept your imperfections, especially during the times when your eating disorder is bringing you down and you're taking part in body dysmorphic behaviors the more present and the more that you're able to identify what these behaviors and triggers are the more self-compassionate you can be and then the more motivated and committed you are to help yourself get better and this is because you are being less self-critical it's okay to make a mistake but it's not okay to then beat yourself up for everything pain has a purpose but suffering is a choice Choose to use those feelings of pain that you're experiencing when you've done something wrong or you've, but then use that feeling of pain to do something about it so you don't have to feel like that. Not suffer in it and just feel shitty forever. It's your choice. And the last tip for today's episode is to rephrase negative sentences. So if you dropped that sushi on the ground and now you're upset and you called yourself an idiot, no, say... Oh no, I dropped the sushi. (laughs) Next time I'll have a tighter grip. I've learnt from this. That's okay. I still have another beautiful sushi next to me that I will eat. Or if you're into this, you can say, (laughs) five second rule. (laughs) No harm done. And in terms of a BDD scenario, say you were going to go out for some sort of social event. Instead of thinking, everyone's going to hate me, no one's going to talk to me, everyone's going to judge me. Say, well, things may not go perfect. It's not about saying, oh my gosh, everyone's going to love me. I'm going to be crowned prom queen. Everyone's going to think I'm an absolute don. Instead, just say, well, you know what? I'm coming out. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And I'm so proud of myself for that. 
I may not get along with everyone, but I might actually get a new friend out of this, someone that I have similar interests in and someone that gives off really kind and caring vibes. I'll focus on those type of people rather than the irrelevant ones. And doesn't that just sound more terrific? That's right, I agree. Thank you. And just to summarize all of those points of things that you can do to self-help yourself and redirect any body dysmorphic behaviors, you can try work on the following. Tip number one was to write in a journal. We love journals. Tip number two is to avoid making decisions at times of stress and anxiety. Tip number three is to take care of yourself and do things for you. Tip number four is to join support groups or get an accountability partner. And join the Eat With Ali Facebook page now. Tip number five is to not become isolated. Do things to get yourself out there and step out of your comfort zone. And leave the house every once in a while. Tip number five is to find things that you can do in the moment to relieve stress. So this was like the box breathing or the drinking of the water and giving yourself I am statements. Tip number seven is to practice being present in all parts of the day, even when doing the mundane tasks. Tip number eight is to meditate. Love that. Tip number nine is to be self-compassionate. And tip number 10 is to rephrase negative sentences. Yay! Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you learned something in today's episode. And if you feel like you are experiencing some or a lot of these symptoms of BDD, then I hope you use some of these tips and also other ones in other episodes of the Eat With Ali podcast, but also to go and see a medical professional. This is your mental health and your physical health and well-being. That is so important, always. So always try to prioritize that and it's okay if you're experiencing some of these symptoms, but I mean, that's what they're here for, to identify that maybe something needs to be worked on. Because I'm sure you can tell from the list of those symptoms that whether or not that is a representation of having BDD, like some of these symptoms mentioned, we've talked about in other cases of other eating disorders, but either way, none of them is something that you want to feel. So, therefore, we can work on them if you identify that you feel these ways or do these behaviours. Self-love is so important, and so is your mental and physical health. So let's get down and let's get cracking, let's find the root of the cause and pull it out. Get rid of it. Eating disorders can get a grip and leave. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Love you. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll see you next week for another episode of the Eat With Ali podcast. Here at Eat With Ali, we eat without the disorder. Yep, yeah, we do. And we also remember. What is it that we remember? That's right. We remember to eat with Ali. <laughs> <laughs>